Welcome to the Happy Rant Podcast, the podcast in which Stephen L. Trogi, Barnabas Piper, and Ted Cluck cheerfully rant about all the things that don't matter all that much. And now, buckle up for today's episode. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another edition of the Happy Rant Podcast. I am your host, Stephen L. Trogi, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Ted Cluck and Barnabas Piper. And uh, before we dive in, want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors, uh, David C. Cook Books and Barnabas. Dave. Barnabas, since you and I didn't talk about Dave at all before press, I pressed record, uh, what should we tell our listeners about David C. Cook Books? Why are we well, so I, grateful to them? We're grateful to them for publishing me. I think that's really what it boils down to. And me. Didn't they publish me one time? Yeah. They, I'm so glad you remembered. Yes, yeah. they published your book that you uh, that you co-wrote with Brian Ivey That's called right. The Dropbox, which was an excellent book. I think I endorsed that one. I can't remember. I feel like David um, C. Cook has been with us so long as a sponsor that, that we really do think of them as Dave now. And like we've, right. we've got our shoes off and there's like a, like a, a pizza being delivered and we're just like flopped on the sofa playing video games <laughs> with Dave. And the, you know what like I mean? The, they're like the make yourselves at home sponsor, as opposed yeah. to the you know the we need to be really nice hosts for them. They're like, oh man, like come in, come to our dorm room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they, they get their own stuff out of the fridge, and we we kind of want them to leave, but we kind of don't. You know, we have a nick. Was I mean, I feel like we should have a nickname for them at this point. Uh, we have Dave. We're on a first name basis, but we Dave, also have Dave or- the Dave, the Cook, something like that. Well, I, I do think it's funny that every time you say David C. Cookbooks, I picture like David C. is the publisher name, and they make cookbooks. That I don't, I don't know, just jumps into my head every time, which has nothing to do with nicknames. It just right, I picture the actual like personified Dave in like an apron, like doing some <laughs> cooking. Wait, on a show. it wasn't Dave like the who, the Wendy's guy? Wasn't he just Dave? Yeah. Like, wasn't that his persona? Dave Thomas. It's Dave and Dave Thomas. But the, but he was just like, oh, he's Dave. He's just Dave. Wasn't there a movie named Dave about like the president or something? Remember yes, that? From the 90s? Yeah. That was a president named Dave? No, it was about a guy who looks, I'm, it's coming back to me. He looks like the president, and the actual president dies, and the, the government decides to just assimilate this <laughs> other guy named Dave, who looks exactly like the president as the president. That's a plot so, line that could only survive for like four years in the 90s. I love it, man. God bless the 90s. <laughs> I feel like that's a Norm Macdonald movie. I don't know if that's it, it true, but it been strikes, Norm it it strikes it, but it me as, been. Okay, I was going to say, it strikes me like a Norm Macdonald Dude, if, okay, speaking of Norm Macdonald, um, if you guys want to watch something really, really funny, maybe you've seen this, but uh, there was a Comedy Central roast of Bob Saget, and... <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of good. There's a Low lot of hanging fruit. Yeah, there's a yeah, lot of good yeah. stuff going on. But there was a Comedy Central roast of Norm Macdonald, and uh, I mean of Bob Saget. And Norm Macdonald, it was was one of the roasters, but he's also uh, a good friend of Bob Saget's, and uh, he basically like didn't want to do it, and so then he just ended up creating a really lengthy series of awkward, um, really. F- like intentionally awkward, funny jokes that were not at all roasting about Bob Saget. And uh, it's like, it's one of the most brilliant, awkward pieces of humor that I've seen in a long time. So when you get a chance. And you're nothing up, if not a connoisseur of awkward. I am. Humor. I am. Yeah. I, I, I am a connoisseur of awkward. So speaking of awkward, thank you, David C. Cook, for sponsoring the podcast. If you go to DCC ebooks, that's what it is, right? DCC ebooks.com, yes. sign up. 
You get free ebooks, deals on ebooks, um, and we really are grateful. I don't want to, you know, it's a great way to run off a sponsor by making fun of them on the air. So uh, we are gr- we are great. Even, even they aren't listening at this point, Stephen. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> probably true. But we are grateful, and I'm also grateful to my my friend uh, Mark Owens at Resonate Recordings for editing the podcast. All the goodness you guys hear when you listen is because of Mark and his guys at. Uh, Resonate Recordings. If you need your sermon or podcast edited, they are a great team of people to do it. So, guys, uh, we uh, earlier we were texting. Um, Ted, you had mentioned you had a really interesting conversation with a pastor, and uh, well, just tell us about it real quick. Which, which is can... news in and of itself. Interesting conversation with a pastor. Yeah, well, that yeah, that's newsworthy in and of itself. But Ted, what was the conversation about? Because I thought it was a pretty brilliant conversation. We went back and forth on it a little bit. But go, what was the conversation about? Well, you guys, listen, we were just doing life together. You know, it was, it was just a little life on life, you know, and he was speaking some wisdom into my life. This all happened, was he, men- was he mentoring you at the local he, Starbucks? He was mentoring me at the local Starbucks. And this, this pastor, you guys, has had a little bit of, uh, a, little bit of a run in publishing uh, as well. He was a uh, commentator in the Crossway ESV Women's Study Bible. So... Um, so he got to do some, uh, some some commentary in that in that piece, which I, I didn't realize that Crossway even sort of acknowledged women. So I mean, it's, <laughs> it's it's really good that they have that, and it's it's even better that my friend got to be a part of it. But uh, as we were talking about publishing and talking about our careers, he asked the question, you know, if if your publishing career was uh, a college bowl game, you know, in the in the pantheon of college bowls, uh, which which one would it be, you know? Uh, and it touched off this really interesting conversation wherein he decided he was like, you know, the Meineke car care bowl of Christian writers. I think you and, mean it uh, kicked off the conversation. What's that? Are you, I, I, I think like, you mean it, it kicked off the conversation. Yeah. That's a really like, good – that's a good play on words. I, I understand. Yeah, that's good. I see what you did there. Keep going. So, yeah. So he was the Meineke car care bowl. I think for me we decided that I was like the, the, uh, the, the Outback Bowl. You know, which was just sort of kind of on people's consciousness and kind of not bad if you happen to run across it. But uh, but definitely, you know, the the the, the Outback Bowl is kind of a, it's a B-list bowl and a B-list city. But uh, but if you actually tune in, it's a, it's usually a pretty good game. Now, OK, so can, maybe we should establish like a baseline. So like would would someone like Matt Chandler be like a Rose Bowl? Yeah, Matt Chandler would would be like Rose Bowl, BCS title game. You know, he he would be in the upper tier of. Yeah, I, I think Chandler's like one of the the BCS, or I don't even know the BCS exists anymore. One of the playoff games, like uh, like a Max Licato would be a Rose Bowl because it's it's got all yeah. sorts of tradition. The game all sorts used of tradition, to be awesome. nothing going on now. Yeah, yeah, it used to be awesome. Kind of rotates in some good quality every now and again, but the conferences yeah. it it tends to represent are you know they're. Not, they're not the best currently, or if they their best teams always go elsewhere. So yeah, I think I think Lakato is a Rose Bowl. Now, so who would be the BCS championship game? Like who's oh, who's the top? I don't know. Maybe <laughs> or maybe I, I should say Chandler. not not BCS champ. It'd be the playoff championship. Who is the playoff championship game of this? Is it? I don't feel like Matt Chandler's the top guy. Is who he? is the top guy then? I don't know. I, I mean, Osteen. It's it's got to be somebody like that, but maybe. I mean, if if you're just, are we talking quality or are we talking just pure sales, dude? You know what? I feel like Osteen is the Super Bowl 
actually. In that, like, <laughs> he's, he's not even playing the same game. A bloated, overdone kind of self-parody <laughs> at this point. You know what I mean? The Super Bowl is just a joke anymore. Just a glossy presentation of nothing. It's just like, yeah, it's like an award show. You know what I mean? It's like watching the ESPYs with like a little football game thrown in. <laughs> um, so I, I feel like that would be Osteen. All right, that's, so that's pretty good. So Ted, why were you? Oh, you were the the uh, the Outback Bowl because you're you're decent. Dude, look, you're I'm, a decent watch, but you're not you're not hitting the big time. On my on my good days, I'm the Outback Bowl. On my dad on my bad days, I'm like the Motor City Bowl in Detroit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just this thing that nobody even knows is happening. Or, or Central about. Michigan versus Miami of Ohio in front of 1,300 fans. Right. It's like a run-of-the-mill Tuesday night ESPN game <laughs> for, for the Conference USA, like the sixth-place team against the you know the second-place team in the MAC or whatever. Now, I, I said, and I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I, I said I felt like Barnabas was – do you guys remember when the Fiesta Bowl, it was like a, the Big East had an automatic in to the Fiesta yeah, Bowl? Yeah, so – so and you'd it, have like Rutgers against uh, yeah, you know, exactly. Oregon in the, in the yeah. yeah, it was this terrible, terrible. Like everybody hated it, but because of who beast, uh, who the Big East was, they had this automatic in. Right. So, Barnabas, you're the Big East because you you know you have the last Cause, name because I have the automatic in. Yeah, it's it's your automatic in. Your dad wow. is going to automatically write the foreword to your book. See, so I feel like we took you. like a, a like a fun, lighthearted thing and just made it hurtful right then. Yeah, that was mean. Well. Yeah. That's who I am. I'm sorry, what I'm, guys. What I'm really doing right now is looking up the Fiesta Bowl history to see if there were any good games so that I can feel better about myself. Dude, some of the best bowl games in history have been the Fiesta Bowl. Wasn't uh, – I'm thinking back, the Ohio State-Miami game where uh, yeah, Wilson yeah. blew his knee out. That was a great one. Um, even going back into like the 80s, Oklahoma, I feel like, played in some great Fiesta Bowls over the years. So it's, it's been Miami, a Miami and Penn State back when yeah. – uh, Back when both were powerhouse, that was the uh, that was the Miami shows up in camo game. That was the Miami shows up in camo. Vinny Testaverde throws like six interceptions yep. and kind of <laughs> sets the tone for the first decade of his pro career in that game. Late eighties Notre Dame, back when Notre Dame was fantastic. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, much more fantastic than their current reputation. Yeah, who did Ted? Who did you say that I was going to be like the the Putain weed eater bowl? Wasn't that what you said, <laughs> baby? I feel like you're like the GoDaddy.com bowl, which like their claim to fame is just having the, <laughs> Minus the latest the bowl game. They they play in like March, you know what I mean? <laughs> so the, the BCS title game happens, the Super Bowl happens, like the NFL draft happens, and then they have the GoDaddy bowl, and it's usually like, <laughs> which is Arkansas, really just a, it's yeah, just it's a like sponsor Arkansas for state against like uh, like like. Uh, I don't know, Mississippi Valley or whatever. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's just a sponsored uh, spring game for the University of Alabama. <laughs> it is, at exactly. At this point. Now, yeah, the Fiesta Bowl, that was also when uh, Boise State beat TCU. Oh, man. I, I'll take Fiesta Bowl. I'll roll dude, with that. You can make an argument that the Fiesta Bowl has really been the, the, the best one over the last... I'm not years. sure that the Big East ever had an automatic uh, bid either. You might be thinking of a different bowl, but I'm gonna I'm just going to stick with Fiesta. I'll roll Actually, with Actually, they did for a couple years, man. Yeah, they, okay. definitely, they definitely did because I remember Pitt ended up playing Utah one year and just got Oof. annihilated. That was at the Urban Meyer Utah of a game years. on so many levels. Yeah. yeah, that was the Urban Meyer year. Yes, <laughs> it was. It well, was I, awful. I think. Uh, I think Stephen is. I mean, that was. Uh, as long as we're insulting people, and you know, you just got yours, Stephen. But I think a more a more fair representation is the uh, is the Chick Fil A Bowl, 
which Ooh. is a New Year's Eve game. So not quite prime okay. time, but uh, yeah. but a, a decent time slot. I have actually been in Atlanta when it is played, and uh, it draws a, a bunch of rowdy fans. It's part of a big party. But really, I mean, which not of too us... rowdy, though, because it's Chick-fil-A, so they're all Christians. <laughs> That's right. All the fans are. <laughs> they're playing some rowdy games of cornhole. That's right. And because it's like and, primarily uh, homeschooled families, it's not actually a football game. It's it's yeah, just no a, it's, no violence. But, it's an Awana uh, thing where they they run around those cones, right? With that overt bags. that overt conservatism and those deep roots in just like tradi- Christian tradition. I mean, that just screams Stephen L. Trogi to me. So I think, uh, <laughs> and I think I think there's sort of like there's a homeschool vibe to it. Yeah. So I think uh-huh. I think Chick Fil A ball pretty well sums you up. I'm all right with yeah, that, given the fact that I love Chick Fil A and could probably eat Chick Fil A four days a week. Maybe five days a week. Uh, now, Ted, one thing I said to you earlier, if, if we're trading insults, is that this isn't exactly about bowls, but I said that I felt you were kind of like the Notre Dame of the 80s, yet still getting invited to bowls. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, you had the run, you had the tradition. When Meaning you- that I'm a huge, like, worldwide icon with my own, you know, TV network and... You know, fans all over the all over the country. You could take it that way, or you could take it the way I meant. Meeting that's like, the way I am taking. Meaning, it. like you once had a run of glory, mm. like when you and Kevin wrote your books together. Now he's gone on to be the head coach of Alabama, and mm. uh, you're you're where now, am I? You're where am I in the metaphor? <laughs> you're Charlie Weiss at this. You're point. Charlie Weiss still <laughs> still struggling along. I love it. I'm I'm coaching Kansas and getting blown out seventy. <laughs> That's right. you, you got fired by Kansas at this point. It was a rough go. Oh, always wearing the uh, what was the? Did you wear like the pullover like uh, windbreaker? Always wearing the pull pullover windbreaker. Well, let's just say there's a limited selection at the double big and tall stores, so <laughs> he didn't have a ton of options in team gear. Good old Charlie Weiss. Good old Charlie Weiss. All right, uh, now that we've settled which bowl each of us belong to, let's move on to the prime event. Uh, I I had an idea, um, I think it was last week, where I, I I thought Ted. Now Ted, you are a media mogul, as we all know. You're the uh, you're you're big in gut check. You're big in the publishing world. And so if there if there's one thing you know, it's entertainment. You know how to to entertain a crowd. And so I thought, what better person to put together the Happy Rant CCM tour? Mm. Uh, I mean, tours are a big, you know, a big thing these days. You got, you know, lots of bands going on tour. So w- let's walk through the hat. You sent this to both. You 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 banged out an agenda in like twenty minutes mm. Um, mm. because that's how fast you are at these things. How good you are, mm. and. We're gonna just walk through it, and I want, we're gonna comment on it. And I think this has a this could be a huge money maker for us. Yeah. So if there are any uh, any conference organizers or or rock promoters out there who want to just a a turnkey event, uh, definitely hit us up. Well, I mean, I, I am in Nashville, so I might I might have some connections in the CCM industry. I'll uh, depend depending on the response to this, I will take it to them and see if uh, if we can get this thing rolling. <laughs> just put it in front of them, you know. Yep, that's right. But but we do need some listener response to know. Uh, it's it's sort of the the test case. It's a, they're the you same. Know if this size. thing has legs, that's you know, right. kick the tires a little bit. Does it have legs? That's exactly what I was. Trying so, to Michael W. Smith, if you're listening, this could be for you. Uh, all right, so let me. I'm gonna kick it off. All right, welcome to the Happy Rant Lifeway Crossway Late Winter Early Spring Jam Fest. The Early Spring Jam Fest is an extreme that that has an exclamation point and is expelled extreme. 
chance to hear some of the most famous people in evangelicalism either singing or talking into a microphone. Mm. Also included will be large video screens with inspiring images on them as well as appeals for money. There will also be some awkward skits. This year's this year the early spring jam fest Holy Land tour will make stops in the cities most responsible for the spread of evangelical Christendom worldwide. Now, right off the bat, I'm in. Like, I'm can we make one in. addendum to that? The the uh, along with appeals for money, I think we also need to provide opportunities to sponsor a less fortunate child because that usually oh, goes yes, with the CCM absolutely. tour. So let's just listeners be aware we this is uh, this is a working document and yep. we will we will flesh these things out a bit more as we as we proceed. It's a living document. Yes, that's it. And, Not working. Working is so boring. And the, <laughs> I feel like the we can't just go with like the standard like Compassion International or World. We need some sort of like blood let's water. Go, let's go with uh, let's go with sponsor an unemployed college graduate. There you go. To so go, we just to go sponsor, on a mission trip. Sponsor a down on your luck uh, Christian entertainer. <laughs> Right? <laughs> sponsor an com- sponsor a comeback tour. The, yeah. the, the Rich, yeah, the Rich Mullins Memorial Comeback Tour. <laughs> I love it. So the first stop, February 25th, we will be stopping in Wheaton, Illinois, in the Billy Graham wing of the Billy Graham Library, on the Billy Graham Quadrant, on the campus of Wheaton College, sponsored by North Face, the official outfitter of Wheaton College students and affluent people everywhere. Barnabas, you are a Wheaton alum, are you not? I am a Wheaton alum. And I don't take any umbrage to anything that was written there. It pretty much nails it. Did you wear North Face all the time? Uh, the only North Face thing that I wore when I was at Wheaton was this really nice long sleeve pullover that I found uh, on the ground after playing Ultimate Frisbee. And uh, I claimed it as my own. So it was like a, a pseudo-theft uh, homeless man's dude. I feel like college is great for that. Like finding things on the ground. I found <laughs> oh, some sweet dude. stuff that way in college. Oh, when when you go to college with rich people, it's fantastic mm-hmm. because at the end of the semester, uh, the in like the laundry room in the dorms, they just lay out everything that's been left there. Oh or, yeah, and then people will leave stuff that they don't want, and so you can find like two hundred dollar jackets and like like a pair of Jordans, a flat screen TV, yeah. you know. Yeah, like, oh look, a mini fridge that has been yeah. lightly used for nothing. It's it's amazing. So uh, the downside to going to college with rich people is that it costs a lot. The upside is that you get a ton of free gear. There you go. It's the least they can do for you at Wheaton. You know? That's right. They don't they they don't even miss it. Let's be honest. No. no. Now this uh, this stop at Wheaton, it's going to be... It, it could be a little bit controversial, but I like that. I like, Ted, how you're pushing the envelope here. Uh, speaker will be Rachel Held Evans, who will stand on stage and tweet her talk on the oversized video screens. The audience will then have an opportunity to respond anonymously via the Yik Yak app. Music will be provided by former Wheaton student Trent Reznor. Did he go to Wheaton? He did go to Wheaton for a little while, right, Barnabas? Am I right about that, that? That rings a bell, but I can't confirm or deny, so we'll just say yes. Yeah, it's a it's a rough draft. This is a living document. Well, it's a living, we, it's a living. we we also the other Wheaton or uh, music could also be um, like while Rachel Held Evans is tweeting her talk, mm-hmm. we could also play the soundtrack from Wes Craven's movies in the background, which <laughs> would both fit the talk. And he's another Wheaton alum, so dude, I love it. Uh, yeah, all sorts of all sorts of crossover potential here. 
uh, audience members are invited to not judge the content of his lyrics because not judging is, of course, the highest possible social value. Now, I like that a lot, Ted. That feels edgy to me. Why'd you put that in there? Dude, just because I, I want to be open, you know? I mean, who, who am I to judge anyone? <laughs> That's really so we could all get in a room and not judge together. That would be amazing. <laughs> and it would be so fun. It would yeah, be, it would be it, fun, and we could then congratulate ourselves on how not judgmental we are <laughs> about everything. We could make a BuzzFeed video about how not judgmental we are, like that one that recently came. I didn't even watch. Did you guys watch that BuzzFeed video about being a Christian, but I'm not? Did you guys see that? Dude, yes. I've watched zero BuzzFeed videos in my life. Oh, I guess I didn't watch the video. I just participated in the really, really entertaining hashtag that was going around Twitter, which some people were using seriously, and some of us were simply taking pot shots at uh, at silly Christian things. Somebody need one of us needs to pen a really lengthy response to that. I think that's what's called for in this kind of situation. I prefer not to pen really lengthy responses to anything. That's that's a lot of work, that's and usually usually uh, Denny Burke or somebody at, at Southern Seminary takes care of it for me. He already did it. Yeah. <laughs> He already did it. Oh, good. Well, problem solved. Thank you, Denny. Yeah. Uh, okay. So uh, there will be an appeal for money. Guests are invited to – the appeal for money is guests are admitted to sit, submit white papers on racial and socioeconomic re- reconciliation. Consider those papers and then not do anything practical about them. You know what I like about that? It's raising awareness. Mm, absolutely. You, you know what I like about this? The con- like this is – this was written as as if the Wheaton student body planned it. Yeah, this is this, this is what is, their student the, activities council would come up. With. This is <laughs> the per, this is the perfect Wheaton College event. They can I'm use not, that. They I'm not sure that Phil Reichen would agree, but the student body would love it. Nice. Yeah. So well done. And I I forgot to come in earlier, Barnabas. I feel like when when you commented on um, playing ultimate frisbee, that's like the official sport of Wheaton, isn't it? Well, it's like the official sport of white Christian college kids. That's true. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it, I was just trying to fit in. I was, you know, when in Rome, play ultimate Frisbee. <laughs> Ted, do they play a lot of, we, uh, a lot of uh, Frisbee at Union? I think they probably do, man, being that we're a Christian college. So uh, I, haven't, I haven't seen that firsthand, but I'm, I'm guessing there's a, a thriving Frisbee culture here on campus. But, but beware, if you're going out to play golf, you know, where you throw the Frisbee and try to hit a, you know, yeah. a, a target, it is disc golf, not Frisbee golf. And if you say Frisbee golf, you are clearly a child of the 90s, back right. when we originated the stinking game. And, Isn't uh, disc golf the official sport of smoking weed? <laughs> <laughs> well, that also fits well at some Christian college campuses, which we should, which probably progresses us nicely to the next one, actually. True. So uh, on March fifteenth, so the Whedon the Whedon stop is February twenty fifth. Then on March fifteenth, so a nice little nice little break between them in Grand Rapids, Michigan, in the garishly oversized basketball arena on the campus of Calvin College. Now I haven't been to Calvin College. I have seen their basketball team play. They're they're moderately successful. Uh, is it a huge basketball arena, Ted? They're as successful Dude, so they're- as you would expect a team called Calvin College to be. A, t- a well, team of white, you know. <laughs> Dutch-performed guys would be. You know. But here's the thing about Dutch people. It's like watching an NBA game in the 50s. <laughs> yes, it's yeah. It, you, you, they are all George Mikan. Or um, a WNBA uh, game now. <laughs> well, no, because they're all 6'6", six, six, like yeah. glow-in-the-dark white guys with blonde or red hair. They're, it's None of the, them can dunk, even though they're 6'6". <laughs> six, six. No, but I remember going to a, a Calvin Wheaton game when I was in college, and 
more than one of their players drilled like six three pointers. Oh, they're yeah. just they shoot the lights out these guys. Man. Yeah, it's it's Jimmy Chitwood everywhere. It's Jimmy Chitwood everywhere. They shoot the ball. They set good picks. And nobody yes. talks. But they're what we call scrappy and fundamentally sound, which are uh, exactly. which is a really nice way of describing white athletes everywhere. No, but um, this, this this campus. The funny thing about it, so Calvin has like three thousand students. I mean, they're they're just kind of your average size small private Christian college. Except that they have a gigantic, like, Detroit Pistons quality <laughs> basketball arena that seats, like, I think twelve to 15,000 people. I don't know the number. Do they use it for, is it mostly used for events like the one that we are proposing? I think it probably is. It's probably also a conference, uh, a conference venue, as it were. But, uh, but it's, it's a really legit basketball arena, man. The thing is huge. Well, that, it's good to know that we will be in nice digs uh, for yeah. this particular event. All right, so the speaker... Uh, the birthplace of the modern Reformation, the Grand Rapids Tour Stop, will play host to the father of the modern Reformation, Matt Chandler. Wow, I, I would say he's a son of the modern. Yeah, Reformation. I feel like I feel like that's a little bold to say he's the father of the modern Reformation. Wouldn't you? Are, are you guys telling me that he didn't re- that he didn't invent Reformed theology? <laughs> Is that what I'm hearing on this program? I mean, I'm- well, for for all practical purposes, let's just go with it because I'm sure he invented it for everybody under the age of 35. And he's the sa- it, it's safe to say he's the father of the modern Reformation because some of the fathers of the modern Reformation got torn to pieces. So we'll just say he's the father. Yeah, he has yet to be to face many you know lions or bears in the Colosseum. So, or or. Uh, or to be hanged or beheaded or anything like that. So we'll just well, and here's hoping let him go. Happens, seriously. Yes. That's yeah, well, we, kidding we, aside. We don't condone that. Um, music. DC Talk and the Newsboys, who actually at this point <laughs> have the same lineup of musicians. That's so true. That's I, a, I, yeah, I don't know who's in who's back. Dude, I, 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 only, that's, that's I, I know the original the, DC Talk, but... Okay, listen. Grand Rapids is also the birthplace of like frugality, so I feel like that's a good move because you get two bands for the price of one. Dude, and seriously, Newsboys at this point is I think I think Michael Tate is still the lead singer. Uh, Kevin Max used to be the lead singer of Audio Adrenaline, but I don't think that worked out because he's not there anymore. So now he's back. Wasn't he uh, formerly in DC Talk? Also? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's the yes. thing. Like they're all the same. It's it's basically all the same guys doing. This. I love that man. Yeah. They should just become one band at this point, dude. A, 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 what do they call that in the industry? Like a, a, a super band. It's a, a super, super band. band. Yeah, super. Well, band. I, th- I think we just we just changed the name to the News Talk. Yeah, the News or, Talk. Yeah, <laughs> which which suits the demographic that they now reach as well. It does. It does. All right, and the appeal for money: an hour long presentation on how you can be financially independent and have the lifestyle you've always wanted, courtesy of the Amway Corporation. Now, I do think that for this part, we should we should redo the venue a little bit so that everybody feels like they're sitting around a public coffee shop uh, looking at a three-ring binder during this <laughs> hour-long presentation because that's really how these presentations ought to be done. Yeah. Uh, at least that's how I've always seen them done. And, and Ted, didn't you say I – f- I feel like you said that Amway was born up in Grand Rapids. It was. It? Yeah, it was. They uh, – they are such a financial kind of force that that I feel like the the owners of Amway kind of own you know half the city of Grand Rapids. So it's a it's a huge kind of weird conflating of money and theology, and it's a it's a different culture out there, man. I, I do think that uh, that we ought to make a point for this one in inviting people to this March fifteen Grand Rapids event. I think the uh, the idea is that people should go Dutch as well. Oh, just but just to be culturally sensitive and culturally relevant, everybody ought to go Dutch. 
I love it. Folks, uh, that's hate mail at BarnabasPiper.com. <laughs> <laughs> Are the Dutch a hateful bunch? I'm not really sure. I feel like I've oh, picked Oh, man, no bit. comment. No comment. <laughs> They're you, politely you live in, hateful, probably. You, yeah, I was going to say, they're, they're, they're probably somewhat uh, like the Scandinavians in that way. Yeah, yeah. They'll kill you with kindness, meaning meanness. <laughs> and casserole. Yeah. <laughs> Ted, you want to take us into the final leg of the tour? Yeah, guys, we're, uh, we're getting into the final leg of this tour. March 31st, we're going to be in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, in the largest megachurch in Nashville, which is currently the 75,000-seat Rocket Town LP Financial Field, which is also <laughs> on Sundays home of uh, the Tennessee Titans, who you know from uh, the NFL, the National Football League. So recently renamed Nissan Field. So Nissan Field. Yes, Nothing gives you those warm kind of nostalgic NFL Titans vibes like Nissan Field. Exactly. Yes, like functional four door sedans. <laughs> functional four door sedan field. Uncool sedan field. <laughs> that was the working title until they. <laughs> Flushed, yeah, they fleshed that one out a little bit. They don't, did, you guys, so, don't you guys miss the days of like Ebbets Field, Forbes, like just all the oh, good old, old fat? It, now it's like Citibank Field. <laughs> yeah, it was so much better when the billionaire who built the stadium named it after himself. Dude, right, man. Can't we go back to a simpler time like that? <laughs> back before, back before sports were integrated. <laughs> oh, oh, wait, no, that's not. Folks, better. that's hate mail at BarnabasPiper.com. <laughs> all right, keep going. All right, so uh, we've got a great lineup here in Nashville, guys. I'm a little uh, a little biased, I guess, because I get to read this one. So our speaker is going to be uh, John Acuff, so Mr. Motivation himself, uh, via Skype video from an undisclosed basement in nearby Brentwood, Tennessee. Good. So uh, so still doing gigs, still uh, still getting out there, still growing the platform. I, I uh, think he might prefer Periscope. I was going to say, point. I think he's Periscoping a lot. I so don't know what might- that is, but that, that would work too. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just it's a it's a live stream video uh, a, a la Skype, except that you can broadcast it directly to social media platforms, so everybody can sit in this massive uh, LP field, Nissan field, Rocket Town Church, and uh, and, and view the talk phones. on their phone. Exactly. Yeah, I love it, man. I, that's what I want. I want people. It in really the brings venue. people together. I want people in the venue, but I want them actually viewing the talk on their phones. That would be ideal. Um, okay, so our music is Striper. So, great 80s uh, hair metal band if you grew up in the 80s. Our music is Striper, sponsored by Aquanet. Uh, and then Petra, sponsored by the family and friends of Petra. <laughs> they did a Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah. Are there, are there family and friends still alive? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I can't, I can't confirm or deny. I'm just, this is just rip and read radio. So, I'm just I'm reading what's in front of me. <laughs> this uh, is what's happening. Ted just is reading what's happening. This is what the event. And then the appeal for money on this one, you guys, and I feel like this is very Nashville, uh, with each purchase of conference-branded skinny jeans and fitted T-shirts, a pair of skinny jeans will be sent to an underprivileged skinny child in an African village. Except here's the great thing. When you send skinny jeans to an actual skinny person, they're just called jeans, and they fit. It's amazing. Etymologically, I feel like it gets really complicated. (laughs) That's right. I don't yeah, well, the, the skinnies them. cancel each other out, and you're just left with jeans, which <laughs> yeah. works really well for a child in need. It does. It really does. Steven, do you want to take the last one? Or you yeah, to- yeah. I'll take us home, guys. I'll take All us right, home. Take us home. So uh, the last one will be April 1st, and this one's no joke, folks. <laughs> uh, in the incorporated municipality known as Focus on the Family Colorado, uh, huh? the speaker will be you. 
That's very. I like that. That's very postmodern. Mm. Uh, each attendee is invited to quote unquote preach to the audience on one of fifteen thousand individual video monitors. Uh, the music. I like this. Now, this is a. Uh, I feel like you're broadening our reach here. This was a yep. wise business move. Um, our music will be Carmen, sponsored by middle-aged women everywhere, <laughs> and our appeal for money will be Carmen Vision in which audience members are invited to sponsor Carmen for just slightly more than the cost of a cup of coffee each day. Sponsors will will receive a refrigerator magnet photograph of Carmen holding a soccer ball standing in front of a drab brick wall. That's good. That's good. That's good stuff. Are they expected to be pen pals with Carmen? I think think Carmen would like to hear from you. You know, maybe a letter every month. Would Would that kill you? You know? Well, yeah, I think, you're spo- I think you're supposed to spend send like letters, sticks of gum, and then like photos of yourself or something like yeah, that. I think that's how like, that works. Like for his fridge, you know, he could, he could put the photo on the drab brick wall behind him. And you need to, you need to avoid talking about like how your life is going, what you're doing, because you don't want to create jealousy in him. Mm. And don't, yeah, don't let him know that uh, that there's other music that's been created because he might uh, he might feel bad. Don't let him know that you're going to Wheaton and getting like free North Face swag in the laundry room and fridges and stuff that people don't want either. You now know? you do have to applaud Carmen for his willingness to like crossover genres. Do you guys remember Carmen's rap album? Dude, I do. I've seen the videos, man. They're unbelievable. <laughs> do we do we have to applaud Carmen? Three words: puffy purple jacket. And I feel like that that says it all about courage. I mean, here's a guy who he could have stayed in the comfortable Christian lounge singer genre, but instead he 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 took a, a bold risk and he went into rap. And then he did yeah. a kids album. Do you guys remember that? I don't remember that one. No, I remember a country song though. He did in like a in like a roadhouse with Margaret Becker. It was a duet. <laughs> There was line dancing. <laughs> so it, it wasn't so much that he crossed over genres as that he he basically did like, you know when you're a kid and you go to McDonald's and you get like, you to go down the drink thing and you get a little bit of everything and create suicide? Yeah. That was Carmen's music. It was just like a splash of everything and it was just this, it, and it ended up suicide. kind of sickening. He, yeah. He I'm, is musical, he is the musical suicide beverage. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna choose to remember the good in Carmen. I'm not gonna <clears throat> think of him like that, because the highest value is not judging. So I'm not judging Carmen right now. I like it. I like. Is it. there a difference between judging and evaluating? Because I'd like to, I'd like to still do one and not fall into the pitfall of judging. Now, as we as we wrap this up, uh, so Ted. How long do you think – I mean, could we take this – like, could we extend this? Like, what if the demand was so great? Could we go across multiple cities in the U.S.? Guys, we could add some other cities. I mean, I feel like the impetus for this one was was really really honing in on the cities that have had the most to do with the spread of Christianity worldwide, man. And, and by worldwide, I, of course, mean just here in the United States. I think the natural next stop is Orlando. Um, I agree. Yeah, Orlando just barely didn't make the cut, but it's, but I mean, it's a great stop. Yeah, there's there's a uh, I don't know, there's like 7 million ministries in Orlando. I feel like there's a there's a large uh, consumer of this kind of of this kind of entertainment there. I think that would work well. I feel like if you're an old person moving into Orlando, you actually have to prove that you have your own ministry. That's one of the 
<laughs> that's one of the requirements for buying a, a McMansion in Orlando. It's like days. a citizenship and then, and then opening a PO box. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's I, a- and Branson is another stop that uh, that very well ought to be on this because it's. Oh, love Branson. You know, we might need to, we might need to trend older with the music, even older than Carmen. Um, <laughs> like, is uh, is Larry Norman still alive? I feel like he would work well in Branson. No, he's maybe, not. Uh, maybe. Like the Gaithers, or yeah, Sandy Patty yeah. or something. Oh, yeah, they they would be perfect, and I they're still available. Although I hear they're a bit pricey, so we might have to raise ticket prices for that one. There you go. Wonder if what about Margaret Becker? Where, what's she doing these days? Oh, Marge. What's old Marge doing these days? <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I Dude, I think Jeff Moore in the distance could be available. Ooh, good one. Yeah, that's should, a thing. We can, he went to think, Taylor. I think Dallas or Houston is the is the stop after that. Ooh, uh, because they're just you have all of the mega churches to pick from they're everywhere there's one on every corner literally a 10,000 person church on every corner we could do it in Joel Osteen's arena yes that's true the, what, where the Rockets used to play correct exactly guys yep. according to Margaret Becker she is a artist producer and songwriter so she she now produces music projects and she does artist intensives. Mm. Guys, I don't know what that is, but it sounds awesome. Guys, who's Margaret Becker? Uh, she, she did a duet with Carmen in a row. <laughs> yeah. That's, oh, okay. That was her defining career moment, but yeah. it really launched her on the artist intensive track. In my mind, it was. But I mean, to her credit, okay, according to her website, she's sold over two point eight million records. How many records have you sold, Ted? Uh, zero. Zero and counting. <laughs> uh, I'm going to reach out to Margaret. Actually, even on her website, she goes by Maggie. So oh, I like it. I, like I might it. reach out there and see if she's willing to, uh, to, to hop on the tour. Uh, folks, if you want to hop on the tour, hit us up. Um, I do want to thank our listeners for... We had one listener reach out on Twitter today thanking us for our NFL coverage last week and asking wow. for more. That was a that was a lady listener, by the way. Wow. We heard from we heard from two or three female listeners who said they loved the sports talk just in the last couple of days. So at, at Kristen Bloomer, at, oh, and she's from Pittsburgh, PA, my home, my hometown. Thank you, oh, Kristen. <clears throat> Appreciate it. Also, thank you for those of you leaving reviews. We're up to a hundred and eight reviews. Super thankful for the reviews. And we're thankful to our spot. Uh, sp- I almost said podcast. Thankful to the sponsors <laughs> of the podcast, David C. Cook and the guys at Resonate Recordings for editing Dave. it. Dave, thank you, David C. Cook. Go to dccebooks.com. Free ebooks, ebook deals. Uh, thanks to the guys at Resonate for editing the podcast. If you want to find out more about Resonate, if you need your podcast or sermon edited, you can go to facebook.com slash resonate recordings, like them, tell them we sent you. And I, I think the, you know the, the only thing I thought about our tour is we didn't have Lecrae on the tour anywhere, mm. and he's I feel like he's the guy who shows up on every Christian tour these days. Why don't we just add Lecrae to the bill for all of these? <laughs> He'll just he's just the guy that's going to be at every every event. You can just expect Lecrae there. He'll be the house Rapping, band, like a previously white song. <laughs> Steven, he should rap Behold Our God. Oh. Would, that, would that make you feel good as a songwriter? That would be, well, that would be awesome. Yeah. Plus it could bump up the revenue royalty a little bit. That's do you think, do you, 
I think he should do an album of covers of old worship songs. Like he could lead with "Shine Jesus Shine" and then go to "Awesome God." I mean, do you do you think Lecrae is the artist is artist enough to do that to rap old worship songs? Dude, I do. I think that would be killer. I think Lecrae could totally do that. Lecrae, if you're if you're listening, Lecrae, we're willing to co- we're willing to coach you. We're willing to mentor you. Could right. we have an artist intensive with Lecrae about that? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a real possibility. I think it would really expand his market because he's he's clearly just a fledgling artist at this point. He's so. struggling. He's really Dude, struggling. And, and he hasn't really captured the like, you know, middle-aged white guys with young kids market yet. Oh wait, he has. <laughs> driving never mind. Driving four-door Nissan sedans. Exactly. Sorry, Lecrae gets played in more minivans than any hip-hop artist out there. He does. <laughs> Love it. All right, folks, until next time, peace the heck out. Finding uplifting news in today's headlines is often like searching for a needle in a haystack. At the Story Behind podcast, we believe in the power of finding heartwarming tales and are happy to share empowering stories with you every week. Hear about how Steve Harvey surprised a dying man on Family Feud with $25,000. Get inspired by the note a waitress received from a patron dining alone. And even hear about how one VIP passenger made a hard-working pilot get emotional before his flight. To start listening to the Story Behind podcast, visit lifeaudio.com or search Story Behind on your favorite podcast platform.